I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over 100 speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage, so you're going to enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. So my name is Girish. Uh, I've done a couple of SaaS companies. Uh, I was the co-founder and uh, CEO of a company called Recruiterbox, which I exited in 2018. Uh, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Sprinto right now. Uh, We help other SaaS companies move up market by helping them with security compliances. Right, so, um, you know, how many here are actually in the journey from moving from an SMB-ish kind of a space to an upmarket space. Uh, all right, fair number. Uh, you know, I, I usually try to preface this by asking, you know, like, should you really move upmarket? It's a good question to ask. Uh, you know, moving upmarket uh, comes with all of its good things. You have better LTVs, lower churn. You have uh, all the nice things like your, your product's probably more defensible. Uh, you, you take your destiny in your own hands, and you know it helps you increase your TAM. It gives you a little bit more headroom if you're in, primarily in the SMB space, which is noisy, etc. However, uh, moving up market when you're a largely SMB business is fraught with its own problems. It can kill your business if you, if you do it in a manner that's not right. It can completely distract your entire team in a manner that you, know, you, you neither have your SMB business anymore nor do you have your upmarket business. Or you might be able to do it in a manner where you're not really taking it seriously. So I've seen a lot of companies fall into one of the two brackets where you, you never quite make the move or you make the move in a manner that actually, you know, potentially uh, doesn't do this in a manner that it, it kind of kills your business in a manner. Now, over the next few minutes, I'm going to talk about some specific things that you should do in that sequence that will actually help you make this move more deliberately in a manner that actually... Uh, you know, makes sense, and you know what's happening at every stage of this uh, of the steps, and and that's the way I've seen this happen both with my previous company and as a part of Sprinto. I, I work with hundreds of companies who have done this journey, some well, some not so well, but it helps me learn, and I'm I'm here to share most of those experiences. Right. So the first thing I wanted to show you, folks, very quickly. There you go. Uh, so this is a graph of where we were in my previous startup. We were a largely SMB company. This is a graph of our MRR growth rate, not our MRR, the MRR growth rate. And this is how we used to track ourselves. Uh, as you can see, we started in 2011. Our growth rate was kind of always the same. And this is when we were a SMB business. In about 2015, we decided that we wanted to move more up market. We were beginning to see a lot of churn. But you'll see that for the two years from 2015 to 2016, nothing happened. Nothing really changed. We stayed largely an SMB business. Every single effort, every single attempt that we had to try and move up market didn't work. Something changed in 2017 and 18. This is where we actually figured out a rhythm of what needs to happen. And that's when we actually, you can see our growth rate increased drastically as we started to move more and more up market. 
And what I'm going to share here is, uh, is the things that actually worked for us and the things that didn't work for us as we were doing this thing. Right. The first thing that we need to know as you're going up market from an SMB business is you need to know where you're going, else you're going to bleed cash. And, you know, Luke earlier spoke, uh, spoke about camping out at your customer's place, and I think that's a great insight. And that's the first thing that I, uh, I would really, really ask the people here to understand what is it that your upmarket customer is really looking at? They will look very different than your downmarket or your, uh, uh, you know, your SMB customers. And you need to understand that very well. You need to throw away your SMB playbook when you're basically doing this thing. Um, especially, uh, you know, the, the standard SMB playbook of uh, coming up with ideas, throwing it out in the market, seeing how it works, experimenting and then learning from it doesn't quite work when you're moving up market. You need to be more deliberate. And the simple reason why that is so is that you don't have as many data points as you're moving up market. You're going to get fewer conversations. You need to make the most out of the conversations that come your way rather than just throwing experiments out there and seeing what sticks. Uh, that usually doesn't work. Now, right, so uh, this can get really, really hard. Uh, I know People talk a lot about talking to your customers, getting specific insights from them, and so on and so forth. But I specifically recommend a book by April Dunford. It's called Obviously Awesome. Some of you might have already read this. And if you haven't done that, you should, you should really uh, get to read the book. And it's, it's, it gives you a specific set of steps about what you need to do as you're trying to get to a different market than what you already had. And the important bit over here is where you start from. The point that you start from is competitive alternatives. What that means is, what is it that your customers, your upmarket customers are already doing today? What are you competing with? Are you competing with a spreadsheet? Are you competing with another competitor? Are you competing with an intern maybe uh, for, for the problem that you're solving? And you start from there and then you sort of drill it down to you know, knowing what are the key attributes of your product that will help them meet and fix those problems. Then you come down to the values that you want to talk about and so on and so forth. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this. April does a much better job of uh, talking about this. There's a whole book on this. I highly, highly recommend it. But this process, this rigor of going through these steps will really, really help you nail down what exactly you are selling and to whom you are selling them to. I highly recommend that. Having done that, uh, when you know the, the rough section of the market that you're selling to, roughly what is it that you're going to do, I would recommend going through this thing called the value proposition canvas. Um, again, there's a ton of literature on this already online. You can Google this, get a lot of uh, information about this. The point that I'd like to uh, emphasize over here is that this is a long, exhaustive exercise. It's about sitting down and writing all the features, all the pain points, all the pain relievers, all the, uh, all the gain creators that you have for your customers. And this becomes like a long spreadsheet uh, that typically you do inside of your company. Again, uh, exhausting academic looking exercise, but very, very crucial that you do this. I think the most important point that I want to say here is that everything that I talked about, nailing your ICP, talking to your customers, getting down to your value prop canvas, this seems like a lot of work and it almost looks academic, but this is not the stuff that you outsource to your VP sales or your product manager. This is stuff that you as a founder need to nail down. This is stuff that you need to figure out yourself. And the mistake to do when you're trying to move up market is to believe that everything that's true in your SMB segment is going to be hold, hold true over here. You need to look at this as a, as a net new thing and you need to start fresh. And then you need to do this as seriously and as rigorously as it requires. So that's the first step. You need to know where you're going else uh, you know, you're going to fall short of gas somewhere on the way and you don't want to be there. Right. Having figured out, uh, you know, where you're going, 
Now you need to make sure that your car has, you can prep your car uh, so that you reach where you're going. And you need to translate that into actual items that you can execute. So far, uh, this is an exercise that is extremely founder-centric. Uh, maybe one or two people in your company are doing a lot of these conversations. Now you need to translate it to actual things that will help you actually penetrate that market and, and get into the market. Now, the most important thing to realize and the difference that happens as you're moving from an SMB segment to an upmarket segment is that as you move more upmarket, you're talking to people that are more risk averse. Trust and confidence is the most important thing that you'll have to teach yourself and your organization is about how you, how you, how you build that is the most important thing that you need to teach your organization. Everything that's listed out here is ways of actually building that trust and confidence and I'll talk a little bit more specifically about this. But the thing to understand is that uh, as you move mid-market and enterprise, the way your customer looks at you is that they're trying to build a long-term relationship and they need certain amount of trust, certain amount of confidence to be able to work with you. And your job is to build assets inside of your company so that you can actually give this to them. Right, so the first thing that I usually uh, say is that put yourself in the shoes of your customer, right? Like SaaS fundamentally means that my data is on your service and I want some assurance that you're gonna keep this data safe and secure. And that's the reason why security, compliance, and these kind of things start becoming extremely important to you as you move up market. You can't hand wave your way around these things. This is important. Whatever it is, it means in your industry. If you are working with an industry that is healthcare or fintech, then you absolutely have regulatory requirements that, that your customers are going to expect you to translate down into your space. Uh, if you're working in other space, still things like SOC 2 or ISO 27001, et cetera, start becoming important for you. These are important things that you need to take care of, and you cannot deal with these things defensively. I would highly recommend that you need to go on the front foot, say that you take these things seriously and not as an afterthought. And this is important to your customers. It becomes important to you. The second thing I translate this to is that your upmarket customers, especially the IT managers in, uh, in, in your larger customers, they, they need to know certain things about your product, irrespective of the function that you sell into. Specifically, they want to know about visibility. They want to see what is it that's happening inside of your, uh, inside of your application. That usually translates to things like audit logs, for example. They want to have control over what's happening inside of your application, which basically means who has access to your application, like things like SSO, things like SAML, things like RBAC, or role-based access control. So they're gonna ask these things of you, and you should be prepared to answer these things. The third thing is that they only need some guarantees of you. What is it that you're going to do if something breaks? Is there a phone I can pick up and call? Are you going to give me some SLAs? So they need some guarantees, they need visibility, and they need control around your application. And you need to be able to speak their language as you move up market. This is crucial. Otherwise, you seem like you know, you're a fish out of water. Uh, this doesn't make sense to them. The last thing that I'd say is that you need to put all of these things together into a package that's coherent, that's cohesive. Uh, and that means putting together these things about Think deeply about how exactly do you reach your customer? What is it that they need in order to actually make sense of this whole thing as a package? That means stuff like case studies. They need uh, you know, sales collateral. You need to arm your salespeople with the ammunition that they need to be able to put these things together and make, uh, make a consistent story to your customers. That usually means, uh, I, I've typically seen the specific way to make this work is to separate out your sales team that goes up market versus the sales team that actually serves SMB because that allows you to learn and iterate and you know train them differently because otherwise uh, there's a lot of 
stuff that you know doesn't translate quite well. So the simplest thing that you can do is to separate the two teams, and you need to make sure that this is working the, the working the way you expect it to be. Right. The part three that I'm going to talk about is this is a place where until now you as a founder were closely involved. You were you're doing everything that's required. You were extremely uh, hands-on on how you're doing these things. Now comes the part where if this works, and if you're lucky, this is getting your early uh, customers, then you need to convert this into an engine that doesn't depend on you. This needs to run by itself, where you can watch over it, but it doesn't necessarily depend on you, doesn't require you to be there for its day-to-day -day operations. Um, the first thing that I talk about, I think uh, uh, Dan Martel is here, in the, uh, either in the room or somewhere here, and he talked about doing a triple, uh, triple review. And I think it's a great idea. Uh, what that fundamentally says is that every once a week, you're picking up a sales call, and you have your head of product, your head of marketing, your head of sales analyze that call. You need to be looking at this together, and you're looking at ways of improving what's really happening in that call, what are the gaps, the three things that went well, three things that could have been gone better. And this really allows everybody to come to common language about what needs to happen to be able to do these things. So you got it right, but you need to keep iterating this engine in a manner that it keeps getting right because your market could change, your customers could change. There are things that could change. And you need to make sure that this is running as an engine outside of you. The, the leaders in your organization need to be able to participate and make this work. Um, the second thing I uh, say is that, of course, having figured out what are the things that you need to fix you need to commit uh, to fixing those things. Now, whatever it is that you use in your organization, whatever goal-setting exercise you use, whether you use OKRs or anything else, make sure that whatever gaps come out of the tri triple analysis are being fixed. And, and that's, that's the way you actually move forward. And this is important that this happens quarter on quarter every time without you getting directly involved. So that point is that this has to convert into an engine that works by itself. And that's when you know it can, it can actually keep on improving. And that's when you know that you have a playbook. Now you not only moved up market deliberately, you knew where you're going, you fixed the things that, need to, uh, that you need to get there without actually bleeding cash. And now you convert it into a playbook that can you know, generate cash more and more again and again, repeatedly, taking your destiny in your hands. And that's all I had, folks. Uh, thanks for joining.